completely in, in, into the complete entrepreneurship uh, and startup mode. He has been organizing a lot of bar camps also, he tells me. Is there anything else that you want to add, Aditya? Or is that, does that justify the stuff that you've been doing? So sure, I've been doing bar camps. I'm part of uh, Mobile Monday, particularly Bombay, and uh, also on Mobile Monday India. So we need to expand on that. I'm also a founder of Kickstart. We uh, uh, we we have a charter of doing everything uh, that's possible within our scope to promote entrepreneurship in India. Our flagship event is Kickstart, which just concluded a few months back in Bangalore. Uh, we are also doing monthly startup Saturdays across the country. So Bangalore already had two of them. And so, so what, what actually happens in these particular events? So what happens there is that you have a lot of companies, uh, startup, large companies, they come and showcase the best products that are there that have come in India uh, in past one year. Uh, so that uh, technologists learn more about entrepreneurship and hopefully they get into the entrepreneurship world. But then are you are you technology focused or can a, you know somebody interested in wine making also come and attend with one of your... Uh, today, no. Head uh, start per se, no. It's, it's pretty much technology focused, but hopefully tomorrow it won't be. Startup Saturdays are something that we do on a monthly basis, and absolutely it must be uh, anything. Okay. So you could be in a clothes line, for example. So come out with some passion, uh, labor, and uh, you're welcome. Oh, that's good. So, um, and then moving on to the next guy who is there, it's Gaurav Mishra. Gaurav is really into a lot of social media optimization or social media branding and uh, social media marketing. He's deeply rooted in that particular thing and has been featured as in, in various sort of uh, newspaper dailies, right, from his interest to having the coolest bachelor pads. <laughs> Thank you, Aditya, for totally embarrassing me by bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, how did that story happen, you know? how? I can understand the social media, you know, the web 2.0, you had come, you are a blogger, you blog at gauranomics.com and uh, all those things. But this bachelor ka thing kida Basically what happens is, uh, journalists these days I find more and more, when they're looking for story leads, they read some of our blogs. <laughs> so, um, so over time you, you get to know some journalists and uh, you keep floating ideas off them or they keep floating ideas off you. So this, this uh, journalist was planning to do a story on cool bachelor pads. Uh, so she she had come to one of her parties actually. I have parties every Saturday. Oh, okay. So she had come to one of her parties and uh, so she called me up one day saying, hey, uh, we want to do a story on cool bachelor pads, can I come tomorrow and do a shoot? I said, yeah, great. Is, but is that a growing trend that, you know, whenever journalists require any information on a particular specialized topic, are they going more towards bloggers these days? Not for all topics, but uh, since social media is so rooted in the online space, where would, if you're a journalist and you were doing a story on social media, or startups for instance, online is the best place to look for leads. Uh, therefore, uh, in fact, most of the stories I've been featured on, it started from a journalist going to my blog, reading the story I did, and then calling me up and saying, hey, you want to do a story, you wrote something on that, why don't you do a so having your contact details on your blog is one of the most... It's very important. It's very important. It's very important. Second, having blogging under your own identity huh. is extremely important. Right. Um, because so no pseudonyms as in... Not if you want to get ROI on your blog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an MBA. I talk about these things. Yeah. To get ROI on your blog, you need to do two things. One, you need to blog about a topic you have some expertise on or have some authority on or 
in your offline of that. Mm-hmm. So we you have introduced right. vlogs about uh, mobile. Uh, Aditya, I've been asking him to vlog more about startups and entrepreneurship. I vlog about marketing because that's what I do in my offline of that. So that's one. Second, you need to vlog under your own name and you need to make sure you are accessible to everybody. So I'm accessible on Facebook, I'm accessible on LinkedIn, yeah. I'm accessible on Twitter, apart from having my email address and phone number on the blog. That's very important. Okay, so let's move on to Veer since pa- partially he has been already introduced by you two guys. Veer is, uh, has keen interest in mobile phones uh, or mobile technology, let me not say phones only. And uh, he's in charge of Mobile Mondays and besides that he works for Netcore. That is where he gets his paycheck from, but Mobile Monday is, is a hobby kind of thing for you. Is that is that right? Yes. Uh, so, Mobile Mondays are where my passion lies. Mobility is where the passion is. And uh, thankfully, I'm working in the same uh, area. So, that's a plus. Apart from organizing Mobile Mondays, uh, I also write on mobilepundit.com. I have been instrumental in creating blogstreet.com. That's India, uh, one of the world's first uh, blog engine. Started way back in uh, oh. five years ago. And uh, also was probably one of the earliest bloggers with a blog uh, about, I think, seven years ago. So it's been interesting. Uh, so you have, you have seen the complete evolution. Right? Yeah, going through the evolution of blogging, how it has developed, and now how microblogging has arrived. So it has been an interesting experience seeing all this develop. It's good that you brought, brought microblogging up because we'll be talking about that. And apart from that, I should also mention that Aditya and Gaurav out here uh, are IMB graduates. Um, so I guess they are sort of intellectuals. Okay, let's let's leave it at that. Totally, and let's see how it comes you're out. You're totally <laughs> killing me. <laughs> so that embarrassing embarrassment number two. <laughs> I'm keeping calm. <laughs> okay. I so hope you don't remind me of the handicaps. But then I have a story about I'm I'm graduates in general. Uh, we have this theory that only if you haven't been to one of these. Do you assume that everybody who goes to an IIM is an intellectual? Once you go to one of these, then you realize that there's a very strong bell curve in place. And uh, all of us like to assume that we are in the top 10% of the bell curve. <laughs> but I'm sure everybody in an IIM likes to assume that. So, uh, in short, not much. Not a big It's just another college. Yeah. yeah. yeah let's just say modestly. Modestly. Yeah, no, let's just put it that. And let's move into the stories. Now, enough of introductions. Did I introduce myself now? Let me do the introduction. Okay. Aditya Matre uh, has runs, of course, since you're listening to this, India's first and best podcast really? called IndyCast. So directly into the story. That now, one of the top stories this time, interesting stories, I should say, was something that uh, Mr. Jason Calacanis wrote about. Now, Jason Calacanis is the guy who started Weblogs, Weblogs, Weblogs. Inc. and all these things, pardon me. And um, is is a pretty much a known authority in 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 the whole uh, blogging and the Silicon Valley and East Coast uh, technology. He's a page three personality in social media. Oh yeah, and everybody likes to trash him, right? That is something that I have noticed. Is the Valley Wag favorite? Yeah, he's a yeah Valleywag dot com is something where you get all the gossip related to technology. So who Sergey Brin is dating and uh, you know what is Mark Zuckerberg up to or Kevin Rose what is he doing? You'll get all that shit. But he, he wrote an interesting article that startups require workaholics or else they are going to fail. Actually, his article was a different piece. He wrote an article about how to save money running the startup and he gave 17 tips on that. Hmm. 
and fire people who are not workaholics was one of the tips because he gave an example of uh, these two people in uh, he runs a a people search engine called Mahalo these Mahalo. days yeah. Mahalo.com check it out it's very cool uh, I've stopped using Google now I use Mahalo more and more I still use Google but for some search terms I use Mahalo so he fired two people in Mahalo because they were working 24-7 basically to get a certain uh, story up and um, these two guys were busy outside smoking cigarettes. So he fired them and he used that as one of the examples in his 17 tips. Then Duncan Riley, who writes for TechCrunch, TechCrunch.com is the authority on, on all startup news, uh, Silicon Valley news. So then Duncan Riley took that one piece out of there and said, Jason Calcanis is a slave driver. He fires people who are not working on uh -huh. Then Duncan's boss, Michael Arrington, who runs TechCrunch, is also a very big authority in, in Silicon Valley. He's he got behind uh, Jason, Robert Scoble got behind Jason. So everybody got behind him saying, yes, it's important uh, for startups to have people who are truly committed, who are so committed that they're basically workaholics. Hmm. So that's the background. Okay. So now let me let me go on to Aditya. You, you know, you said you are doing kickstart and all those things. Now, what is your take on this whole argument? I think it's, it's pretty much clear for anybody to put it that way that yes, you need committed people, but it needs to come from inside. Not because somebody's cracking the whip and saying that boss want to do this. So let me uh, take a step back and uh, go back to how uh, Jason essentially said that uh, you got to save every penny or you're out of business. Uh, the flip side of this is that you've got to make a whole lot of money or you're out of business. Hmm. You save money so that it actually lasts long enough to have a good shot at making. Saving money by itself is not a priority. The idea is to actually spend money so that you actually make money. But then, you know, looking at it from a very, you know, someone who's trying to get a business started, right? Wouldn't you want to get your money's worth? Right? It all boils down to that. If I'm paying X, I need you to work for that X money and not probably while away time smoking and all those things. I, in, in part, agree with whatever he has said. See, you know, that is where I'm coming from. See, the trick, uh, Aditya, is that uh, I mean, you should not fire people who are not workaholics. I think you should not hire people who are not workaholics. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think we said it brilliantly. Uh, the key to running a startup, and I, I, I'm, I'm an outsider in this space, I'm a startup watcher. The key is to only hire people who are passionate for a core business. Right. Yeah. Then this whole issue, and, and when I read this story, then I did a little searching around on Twitter, I, I incited a lot of people to write posts on this uh, because I wanted to get an Indian perspective and uh, I think they were in that thread there were some 50-60, uh, I got some 50-60 replies in that thread and most people came from the perspective, other than if I got a post after that, most people come from the perspective that uh, it's a family versus work, life versus work issue and working more than 40 hours is not optimal. Uh, all that. I come from the perspective that if you really like what you are doing, even a 90 hour work week is not an issue. It's not, it's not work. It's, it's not work. Exactly. exactly. So, going back to what you essentially said earlier that I'm paying money but I deliver. That's not how it works in startup. I'm working not for the money, I'm working for the excitement, I'm working for the goal of creating something awesome to create. Hmm. Okay? I'm working probably for those stock options which are going to make me rich. I'm not working for that cash that you uh, if that's the equation that's there between the founder and the rest of the team, I'm sorry, that's a startup that you should have worked. So now, I, you know, I, 
I believe that you have also interacted with a lot of people who are working currently working in a corporate environment and want to probably get into their own business and all this. Are they aware of the sort of amount of work that they have to put into a startup as compared to your 40 hour work week in, in a corporate company? Well, if you restrict the uh, scope of that question to India, the answer is very clear, no. Uh, <laughs> most of the people have this very romantic notion of a startup where uh, you get working, you have a lot of independence. I love how that they turn towards me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> well, that was totally unintentional. But, um, uh, yeah, a whole lot of people have romantic notions. And when I speak with them, I try and tell them that, look, it's such hard work. You find that you run out of cash, you haven't made a penny, and you are in this dilemma. Do you stick around or do you go and get another job? Which is comfortable, right? Which is paying you, what, 30% every year incrementally, getting your Saturday Sundays off, and, you know? Correct. So, a very small percentage of these guys who want to actually get out of corporate world and start a company of their own, actually have any clue about what a startup is like. It's not rich. Uh, I actually know startups uh, who have done things like, okay, I will not eat my students a day. I'll survive on only one meal a day. Hmm. And you get done with that level. Now, you try and explain that to somebody who's in a corporate setup and who wants to do a startup. Uh, that's when it starts to hit them that, you know, a startup is not such a sexy thing. It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle where the likelihood of failure is higher than the likelihood success. But uh, Aditya, taking from the struggle point, I think one of the things that as an owner, and if you see the what is the logic behind, where is he coming from, you know, Jason, if you think about it, when a person is starting up, he, he goes through that, you know, gut-wrenching experience of yeah. one-man show, taking the risk, uncertainty, working long hours to, you know, cover, cover those, you know, uncertainties, and if he sees that the other people who are part of the, you know, right, the, the right. team who are not that committed, maybe that's the kind of uh, dilemma and uh, the fight that goes on in his mind. That was the next question. Where do you get people who are, you know, as committed, he, as, committed as you? Because you may be committed that, you know, you are going to get all the money. But how do you find people who are willing to work for a market salary, all right, with that sort of a commitment? Where do you find that? And how do you identify? I think Veer has brings a very interesting perspective to this. Uh, he's, in fact, the only one amongst us who works for a startup, effectively. It's yeah. a startup which has grown big, yeah. or it's growing big, but he still works for a startup. So we, uh, how this, uh, and Veer works with Rajesh, who is one of well-known entrepreneurs out of India. So how, how does Rajesh work for instance? Yeah, so sure. See, one of the things is that you have to have the, the enthusiasm. It has to be infectious. Unless the, you see the person who's taking the risk, the, the real entrepreneur, you know, you have to set that example of working hard, being committed, uh, being passionate, all, not giving up, you know, uh, the, the commitment that you have for the idea. So that has all those, you know, things that you want in the team to happen has to come from the leader. The next thing is, uh, okay, the, what Aditya, you know, Matre said in terms of how do you bring about that commitment and market salary? I have another example of this actually. Uh, one of my friends, Siddhartha who runs Vectorney, mm-hmm. he started his company around six, seven years back. And uh, he left an agency, uh, started a web uh, design company then, seven years back, just imagine. And today, they've just got funded by Network 18. Uh, they're on the verge of becoming really big. They're already one of the better uh, internet advertising agencies in India. And I see Siddharth, he doesn't even have a car even today. Mm. He, his salary is... Uh, the salary he gives to himself is probably lower than what some of us make. So, 
once you do that as an owner, mm -hmm. uh, once you're willing to take an auto rickshaw to yeah. your house, and people see you doing that, then that whole sense of uh, leading by example comes in. Oh, that's nice. So, moving on to the next thing, I think we have beaten this thing to death now. I, I have one more aspect of this though. Michael Rand, who's from 37 Signals, wrote a separate post on this thing, saying, you should not fire people who are not workaholics. You should fire people who are workaholics. Oh, the other way around. Yes. And he said, this is a very interesting perspective, and there's some hundred plus comments on this post. What he says, 122, what he says is this. He says that people who are workaholics are basically in the one upmanship business. So they want to prove to everybody that they're better than everybody else. They are not team players. They uh, reduce the overall morale of the team. And therefore, if you have a workaholic in your team and you're a startup, you should fire them. We have already said about that. I, I, uh, I'm not sure, in fact, what... Uh, see, the point is, I think workaholic is not the right word. Mm. You know, that can evoke these kind of you know, diametrically opposite responses, in fact, fire or hire. Um, I think the true point is the way you summarize the whole word and what Aditya talked about, saying that it is a commitment, the passion towards the work. I think that is more important than being a workaholic. You know, doing whatever is needed. At times, if it needs it, it needed to work 80 hours a, day a week, that's fine. Uh, that's commitment. So, I think... I don't think that even Jason was saying. Jason was talking about slackers. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. Right. So I think in 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 a way these both these guys agree. Yeah. It's just that the term when you use and you make it an absolute meaning that workaholics are not workaholics. That's not the right way. To so finally, productivity and right? get get your work done. Right. Basically, that is yeah. the that get is the work done and people need to be happy at the end of the day. They need to feel that there's a stake in the game. Hmm. That they are playing for that particularly large goal. Great. So to quickly sum it up. It's not important to work. It's not about firing people who are not workaholics. It's about only hiring people who have the who are passionate enough about your business to behave like workaholics. Mm. Yeah, and uh, we're also saying that people who are switching over from a full time day, work for a large company job to a startup mode should know that startups fail most of the time, and it, it's not an easy life. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's what. That was a nice wrap up there. Moving on to the next thing. Mr. Ajay Jain, Veer, your boss, was interviewed on Agency Facts and has gone on record saying that mobile advertising is going to be the next big thing. Netcore, as you were saying, that mobility is the next big thing that is going to happen. Now, I am very you know, skeptical about the whole mobile advertising thing and all. So, how do you see that playing out? Sure. Uh, so, let me uh, just put into perspective for uh, the statement in terms of Mobile advertising is we the next will go on for this for the next <laughs> <laughs> five minutes. I'm counting. <laughs> so yeah, please, please interrupt me. I'll try to be as uh, I'll do try to do micro blogging then uh, <laughs> exactly or nano blogging. I don't know what's that term you term now. So see, the mobile advertising part is about you know saying that the mobile is at the central center of the digital lifestyle of an Indian consumer. PC is at the center of the digital lifestyle in US. Okay, of its consumers. Now, when mobile is at the center of this, there has to be a digital media that has to be developed. Like on internet, you have blogs and you have websites which are the digital uh, media format. Uh, and you have uh, ads are being served on those in form of banner and text ads. Uh, similarly, on mobile, the, there has to be a media that is developing. And uh, Netcore runs a service called as My Today, which has about uh, now over 3 million users doing the same what way. What was your user basis? Uh, 3 million now. Three. About 3 million. Webaru yes. claims 20 million. Yes. Is that is that possible now? 
I have friends in Webroom and they said that they say that uh, they'll reach 20 million users by the end of the year. That's a huge number. No, that is Indian users? Indian users. They're only India focused. Do we even have as many GPRS connections? No, uh, Webroom is a SMS-based service. Okay, a quick background on both my today and uh, both of them are SMS-based services. Hmm. Basically, there's content. So there are content channels in my today, there are content groups in Webroom. As a user, you subscribe to the content hmm. and once you subscribe, you receive SMSs at a certain frequency. We, is, is Absolutely. Headlines and all yes. those cricket updates. So, uh, my today has 3 million users, has 25,000 people who are creating content. Is that correct? Uh, so, I'll, no, I'll put it slightly differently. See, my today is like a uh, SMS media. Like how your print magazines, your TV channels, we call our SMS channels. Where there is there are topics, there are 20 odd topics like news, sensex, jokes, health, and uh, there are subscribers on to each of the topics. So we have uh, 3 million unique users who are subscribed to one, of, one or more topics. And then there are 90, uh, 9 million users who are actually subscribed overall. So this is really SMS media where there are, you know, there are channels and people are subscribed to those channels. SMSGupshop.com is, uh, is more like uh, Yahoo groups. It's more of UGC where people you know, like you and me would go and create a group and then people would subscribe to those groups. Then there are other formats like Mginger in the country. Uh, then there are these requests. What is Mginger? Mginger is, uh, you know, it pays for you to receive SMS advertising. Okay. Yeah, so it's some sort of a media which where you only get ads. That's so true. you can look at it that way. Then there are uh, other services like India Times where there is a request reply, right. you send the news and you get a news back and so that's also in a way some sort of a media you could say. But then how long, this has been going on for the past two years now. Yeah. Okay. Further, is there, what's the next step is what I'm asking. So yeah, let's look at it this way. Uh, next next big horizon is the GPRS as in when the uptake happens in India. As of now, SMS is the medium, ubiquitous, available on all uh, mobile phones. Uh, you don't have to worry about whether this user has it or no. Now, the thing is the critical place. Each and every one of the you know, people can subscribe to the topic of choice, whether it's on smsgupshop.com or my today. And the next thing is, can they do it in their own language, in Indian languages? So the next thing is the Indian language part. Can I take it off of that? I recently, in fact, I believe, and I agree with Veer uh, fully, uh, that mobile is one of the three dimensions which will drive web 2.0 usage in India. I recently wrote a post about it saying uh, what's wrong with social networking sites in India mm-hmm. and we'll get into that maybe another time. One mobile, second local vernacular languages and third an understanding of the unique Indian social dynamics. These three in my understanding will drive web point of usage in India. Just look at these numbers. There are 250 million, 290 million newspaper readers in India. Mm. There are 26 million English newspaper readers in India. Oh, yeah. There's a factor of 1 to 10 there. There are 3 million broadband users in India. There are 250 million mobile subscribers in India. Yeah? There are 20 million or th- 20 to 30 million internet users in India. So you see, there's a factor of 1 to 10 between English and vernacular language. There's a factor of 1 to 10 between internet and mobile. Absolutely. Let me all now take you to uh, the Wall Street Journal piece on mobile advertising. So we have talked about why mobile will drive internet use, web usage, why PC web will not be as important as mobile web. What about advertising? Mm-hmm. Now, both in the Wall Street Journal article and in Rajesh's interview in Agency Facts, mm-hmm. there was a focus on what mobile mobile advertising becoming big. Can you share uh, what are some of the big things happening in mobile advertising? Sure. 
mobile advertising uh, has two, two parts to it. One is, you know, internet advertising when it develops, it has, it's one medium is banner ads. Okay. In mobile advertising, there are two parts. One is the SMS ads that we see, the footer ads on SMS, okay, or ads in SMS. The other other media and you know, other channel on mobiles is the GPRS part. And the GPRS part is more like a mobile, it's like there is an internet web, PC internet web, and this is a mobile internet web. Only difference is the form factor. So probably the mobile uh, advertising is going to develop uh, in, in, in these two areas unless there is you know voice based advertising that comes about if the user don't find it interesting because right. there is uh, you know you could do uh, before you call if you hear an ad probably you know you, that a call could be free so you know some, some sort of this kind of advertising could develop. Uh, so, but these are the primary three channels that are available uh, for development. But the, I think we will have to uh, shed the traditional uh, advertising mindset when we go on to this media. Right, uh, yeah. that is where I was coming from. In now. fact, that is, that is, and India has the opportunity. See, no other country has this kind of user base, lack of PC, and that's also very important because otherwise all the VC dollars and all the yes. interest goes on in, in that area. So if you don't have much uh, critical base of PC, you have a great base of internet, uh, mobile. classic leapfrogging yes. uh, mm. paradigm. Where countries like India will leapfrog entire stages in development. So we have leapfrogged the whole PC stage, and while PC is trying to catch up, it will take time. I don't know if it will ever happen. And then they have directly gone into mobile. Yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, the thing is, uh, now here we have an opportunity because. Here we have the users, the technology is there, the networks are ready, the users are savvy. Everybody uses a mobile phone, knows how to SMS probably, you know, at least even the rural folks. So we need to think also that what is the next, uh, what is the new ad format that can be developed on this? Yeah. Will it be mobile commerce based ads that will be actually more popular? For example, can you buy a book where the fulfillment happens offline but everything else happens uh, through the mobile phone? Will it be some sort of uh, uh, you know, ad funded uh, mobile usage that will develop? Are there, you know, we talk about uh, click to call and uh, we talk about other uh, things that are, you know, for probably developing. What, can there be an introduction of small advertisers to this? Can a local Kirana store advertise using this, uh, you know, using uh, using the mobile media as a format? Whether there can be local geo geo targeting, whether there can be profile based targeting. We have to come up with new ideas in the mobile. India has to come up with the innovation. The the owners India like centric. India centric. India centric for India, out of India. Let other countries learn. Now, yeah. from from an entrepreneurship point of view, have you received? Are most of the ideas are most of the products based on mobiles, or are they based on a software product or anything in particular? Any trend that you've seen? At Kickstart, uh, one of the key challenges for an entrepreneur in India was that always the market was there in the West, and you didn't yeah. know that market. And when it came to market here in India, it was just not large enough for you to actually worry about or get funding or anything. So today, uh, you have this quick reversal that has happened in the mobile. That not only do you have a viable market um, in India when it comes to mobiles, it's actually better than anywhere else in the world. So. Uh, best example that I saw at Kickstart was this company uh, which came from China and it essentially developed a vernacular Hindi keypad for mobile phones. So beat that, I mean, there's a Chinese company developing products for India and it's a Hindi keypad and we all looked at it and we thought, why the hell did any of the Indian guys think of this? And this was one of the uh, shortlisted ones. But that, that is because we are busy typing Hindi in English. Exactly. Yeah, Indian script. Yeah. English script. Yeah. The English script. So here is a guy who is straight up saying that you know what the rural guy is. That's where most of those two hundred fifty million uh, numbers are. Now is and that the market, the rural market? Is that what people are going behind now? We are going as a marketer. I want to go behind as big a market as possible. Right. 
if internet is made accessible to 20 million mobile users, 250 million, even some people in that 250-30 million who are not on the internet but who are mobile will be interested in any product which is marketable for themselves. Hmm. Yeah. So, so what I actually beg to differ. It's a very strong difference. So that's sorry I interrupted you. See, that has to change in mobile. Because mobile is a personal medium. It's a thing that you carry. It's something that you sleep with. Mm. Okay, it's a very personal medium. You cannot have the spray and pray kind of attitude. Exactly. So, so don't say that here's a large market which is at 250 million. Now, my problem with mobile advertisement today is that from an advertiser's perspective, are you telling me which are the segments that one can go after? So, we've talked about uh, need for profiling, need for context sensitive things. Yeah. Now, that's not as developed as it needs to be. Exactly. And we all talk about these things uh, from a technology perspective, but nothing from the customer's perspective. So, for example, what uh, Aditya Matri just asked, that like, what is that the rural customer wants? I wish I could answer that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'd be making a lot of money there. Right? Exactly. We'll be pitching VCs if you want to In fact, we had this recent Momo, uh, sponsored by Reliance, where the topic was I rural, that. Yeah. rural West. The thing, and that's what the best part about Momos is. After it, you know, you don't come out with the Momos is Mobile Mondays. Mobile Mondays, yeah. So you don't come out with Aditya was there. And I the, that. Yeah. the best part about it is at the end of it, we realize that you don't target the bottom of the pyramid. You target the middle of the pyramid because the bottom of the pyramid has no business case for you as of now. You may right. do it for social purpose. Yeah. But the middle of the pyramid is where the market is and nobody knows what is the next big thing in Noval Vass. And the other thing that we realized there, and there were presentations from Reliance and TCS, but TCS also has some things going in the rural sites and trying some applications there. The interesting thing that came out was that the needs of a guy who's there in that middle bracket or even lower bracket are absolutely local. So just to give you an example, if you're trying to target something for a rural farmer, he does not care what's the weather from Maharashtra. He wants hmm. to know what will be the weather for the next three days for his own feet. He doesn't care for his weather. I fully agree with Aditya. Uh, marketers, advertisers, all of them spending a lot of time in the future, in the coming year or two, understanding how to build communities and leverage them for your commercial objectives. Mm. How to blend your commercial objectives as a community objective. And that's where the power of social media is. None of us have, in India have really gone deep into it, but I see over the next two years, that is where uh, the big answers are going to be. And we'll talk about that in our next podcast. In our next podcast. Yes. <laughs> we'll spend a lot of time talking with only two topics. Imagine that. And I have five lined up. Okay. But anyways, it, it was uh, it was a pleasure doing all the, all of this. And uh, we have Rajeshwar who we sadly uh, missed. And he just walked into the room. So probably Rajeshwar, you can just give a shout out. Rajeshwar uh, blogs at, is a technology blogger. Blogs at Rajeshwar.com. You can find Veer at mobilepundit.com Aditya Mishra is available at uh, adityamishra.blogspot Well, and that's about it. Um, we hope to get back to you with uh, the second episode and we'll be talking about something else. Uh, until then, uh, if you feel like commenting on something that has been said by any of uh, the panelists here or uh, you know, if you have any of your own, please drop in at theindicast.com and fill up the comment section. Uh, that's about it. Bye-bye.